0: Hey, this is Chris and welcome back to another episode of Unpopped Kernels here on Popcorn Finance. On Monday, we all got to learn a little bit more about financial therapy thanks to Lindsay Brian Podvin. She's a financial therapist and host of the Mind Money Balance podcast. We only really got to scratch the surface in our conversation. So today, we're heating up those unpopped kernels and diving a little bit deeper into what happens in those financial therapy sessions. I wanted to ask you, I had this like two part question for you Mm -hmm. when it comes to some of the topics that get brought up inside of this type of session. I want to know, like, what is like a common thing you see come up? And then maybe like what is something that's like unique or interesting that you've come across in the process of having these types of conversations?
1: I think one of the most common sentiments that I hear in my practice is this sense of feeling behind and Mm. this question that sounds like, how does everybody else do this? Why am I the only person Uh, who doesn't get it? And because we keep money so secretive, so silent, A lot of us have this idea that we're somehow the only person that wasn't present on the day of financial literacy education (laughs) in school. Like a lot of people are just thinking that everybody else knows more than them when in reality, most people are having a hard time or they're treading water. They're trying to figure it out as they go. So normalizing that most people don't know what's going on (laughs) and helping people to get comfortable learning is a really common refrain that I hear and that I work on in my practice.
0: Oh, yeah. And I want to add on there, too. I have felt that so many times. And I've yep. heard that exact thing so many times from different people about, you know, like, I just feel behind. Mm-hmm. Is there any particular thing that you've seen that has, I think, maybe triggered this type of emotion to be so common among many of us?
1: I think a part of it has to do with we make assumptions about whether or not people are good with money based on the external things that we see. Hmm. So if we see somebody who drives a fancy car and goes out to nice dinners and goes on vacations, our assumption is that they have the money to afford those things right? And we don't know that that's the case. They could have um, got a big bonus at work. They could be in mountains of debt. They could have, you know, a different source of income that we aren't privy to. But I think a lot of people make their assumptions based on what other people kind of show. And I think it's really interesting because my clients who are in different countries, they don't have the same type of access to huge lines of credits that Americans do. And so if they come here, they're like, wow, everyone can afford everything. But a line of credit, let's say in Europe, I'm just generalizing, um, is more like $5,000. Where here, you can get $20,000, 30000 $50,000 yeah. in a line of credit. And when it comes to student loans, the same thing. Like a big student loan in the UK is like $10,000. Whereas here, a big student loan is several hundred thousand dollars. So we also just are in a really weird place in our in our system where everybody looks like they can afford all of these things when in reality so many people are just so far behind struggling to make it look like they are doing as well as their peers
0: you know that makes complete sense as to why we feel that way because yeah it's so easy to borrow money like at any point in time especially you're seeing all the buy now pay later services it makes it super easy to borrow money and yeah it just makes everyone look like they have way more money than they really have because i know for years i was like how are these people traveling all over the place? Man, they have a really nice car. Like, what do they do for a living? Like, I know mm-hmm. my job is okay. It's not a great job, but it's not a horrible job. I, I can't do any of this stuff. And yeah, you're right. It's just the way we treat debt here that really kind of shifts our perception of what other people are doing. So. Well, mm-hmm. then, but, Look, I'm getting some insights here already. Thank you for this therapy session. There section. we go. I love it.
1: You didn't even have to book a session.
0: <laughs> and sorry, I interrupted you earlier. You're going to tell me answer uh, part two of that question, which is maybe something unique or interesting that you've come across in these types of conversations.
1: Yeah. Um. So unique or interesting, I guess what I would say is that I have had to come to terms with my own judgment about people who have more money or people who have less money in that every single person that I see, regardless of how much they earn or how much they have, likely struggles with their relationship with money. And we, again, thinking of the message that our culture sends us is if you earn more, you will just be happier. Like it's a Mm, fact. And yes, that is true up to a point, you know, when we have our basic needs met and then a little cushion left over, it is true that most of us feel better. I think that makes perfect sense to most people listening. And outside of that, there are still a lot of tangled up feelings around money. So I guess one thing that I just learn myself again and again is that no matter how much a person has or has access to or doesn't have or doesn't have access to, we all have different and complicated relationships with money.
0: Hmm. You know, what I found interesting about what you're, you're saying there is that we all have this kind of you know obsession with wealth. I mean, who 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 doesn't want a lot of money? I don't think there's very few people who would say, oh, no, no, don't give me a lot of money. We're all going to take right. it for the most part. <laughs> right.
1: right.
0: But then we all see those documentaries, those true true story movies about people who got all this money and their life was still horrible. Like yeah. we, we see all the stories. We see the examples. Yet it doesn't still take away that desire to have all this money thinking it will fix your problems. Like, oh, you know, I'll be different. Like if I had a lot of money, I would be happy. I wouldn't have all these other problems. And, you know, I feel so much better. Not that many of us would probably end up feeling having maybe having a whole new set of problems or at least never even addressing the problems we had when we didn't have money.
1: Mm-hmm. It is in psychology, the term is the myth of paradise. That if mm. I live in paradise, then everything will be okay. And if I can't feel good here, then what's the point? You know, a little bit of oh, that like yeah. sadness and nihilism can kind of come up. But it's that same thing that, yes, money does give us a lot. I am not denying that at all. <laughs> and we still have to tend to our personal relationships, our, our, um, self-care, our worthiness, our different identities as parents or caregivers or partners, there's still so much more in our lives besides just where we live or what we have.
0: Mm, That is so true. If you're as fascinated as I am by the topic of financial therapy, make sure you go and check out Lindsay's work at mindmoneybalance.com. And, you know, just remember that go check out the show notes. There's links to all the great stuff that Lindsay is doing. As always, I appreciate you joining me here for yet another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, yeah, boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.